Welcome to the Public Services Reform podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today I'm talking to Matt Dixon, who recently organised a conference at the Centre on the economic returns to education. And we're going to talk about some of the research that came out of that uh, conference, including some work that Matt has done himself. Matt, can you just start off by explaining what it is the issue that we're looking at here and talking about the economic returns to education? Well, generally in the UK, as with other Western nations, individuals who acquire more education and training are on average more likely to be participating in the labour market, uh, more likely to be employment, in employment and more likely to have uh, higher wages. And there are also going to be wider effects on uh, other health uh, and, uh, and family status outcomes. And what you're trying to look at in research in this area is trying to distinguish uh, what are the returns to education from the qualifications people get, the time they spend in school, and separate that out from, from their innate abilities and other, other characteristics they might have. Can you explain how you try and unpack these things and how you go about trying to analyse, research this issue? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very difficult to um, understand what the actual returns to education are because uh, people with just comparing people with different levels of education might not give us a uh, true reflection of the causal effects of education because people who acquire more education have other characteristics uh, such as their natural ability, uh, determination, their high expectations, patience, all these things which would, uh, irrespective of their education, increase their uh, likelihood of being employed uh, and also raise the wages that they'll get in employment. So the difficulty is to try and unpack that uh, and, and determine what's the effect of education uh, in terms of time in school uh, as compared to what's the effect of uh, gaining a qualification given your time in school uh, and also what's the effect of all these other kind of background characteristics, some of which, for example, the ability that we're not going to observe. And the way that you and other researchers are doing this now is by taking natural experiments. You're looking at points in time where the school leaving age was changed and comparing people who were, were uh, experienced, didn't experience it because they, they grew up before the school leaving age and those who did afterwards. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what we try to look for is a change in a uh, school leaving age which allows the identification of the causal effect of education because this change in the school leaving age means that you get cohorts of uh, young people who are uh, compelled by the law to remain in school for an extra year when uh, really they, some of them will have wanted to have leave, uh, leave a year earlier. And so uh, this change in education, these cohorts who have uh, another year, uh, it's nothing to do with any of these other background uh, factors, the, their ability or, uh, or their patience or anything like that. They've not chosen to have the extra year of education. It's something that's been uh, as if, like in an experiment, it's as if somebody's just given them an extra year of education. Now, as I understand it, you've, you've basically got two natural experiments in the UK that have happened since the Second World War, one shortly afterwards with a with a change in the, in the late 40s and then another one in the early 70s. And uh, colleagues have looked at the first one and you've looked at the second. Can you unpack what went on with those two processes? Yes, um, that's right. In 1947, the government raised uh, the school leaving age from 14 to 15. Uh, so that affected people born after April uh, 1933. Uh, and then again in uh, the 70s, uh, the school leaving age was raised from 15 up to 16. And that happened uh, in 1973. And so anyone born from September 1957 onwards uh, was affected by that school leaving age change. So what do we know about the impact of the first one? In a way, you're looking at outcome, labour market outcomes, 
earnings, employment status. That's exactly right. So the first change, raising from 14 to 15, had a a very large effect because uh, prior to the change, about uh, 60% of people left school before the age of 15. uh, And after the change, that dropped dramatically. Uh, As you'd expect, there's, uh, there's quite a high compliance with the law. Uh, and so this is a big change in the educational distribution of, of the country. That, that's fine. So we, we, we saw an impact there on earnings with, with that change. People stayed in school extra year earlier, they, they got an earnings bonus from it. Well, you'd expect that they would do, but as the uh, research shows from uh, Paul Dever and Robert Hart, that actually, despite the fact that there was this large impact on the education distribution, and when we look at later wages, uh, what they found is that for men, there's a, uh, an increase in wages uh, associated with this uh, raising of the school leaving age of around about 5%. Um, however, for women, uh, the effect is, is basically um, zero. There's, there's no effect on their later wages, despite the fact that these younger cohort had a whole extra year of education. What do you think was going on there? What, what do you think is the basic story to explain that finding? Well, the story that um, Deborah and Hart tell is that uh, raising the school leaving age from 14 to 15 despite the fact that it gave a whole extra year of schooling to people who who wanted to leave at 14, uh, it didn't actually bring any extra qualifications. They've had a look and, and there was no impact on uh, qualifications holding uh, as a result of this uh, raising of the school leaving age. Uh, therefore, there's a lot of people who got an extra year of education, but because it only compelled them to stay to 15, that was still a whole year away uh, from the time when they would take nationally recognised exams such as the O-levels and so despite having this extra year of education as there was no impact on qualifications um, that seems to be the reason why there's very little impact on wages. So that's one up for qualifications maybe one down for uh, actually time spent in school. Yeah. You, you've gone on and now looked at with Sarah Smith at the 70s uh, change and, and what do you find there in terms of the impact of raising the, the school leaving age that extra year? That's right. So uh, when the school leaving age was raised from 15 to 16 in 1973, that did bring the school leaving age into line with the time when um, nationally recognised uh, qualifications would be taken, O-levels being taken uh, at age 16. So what we've tried to do is uh, have a look at the effect of that raising of the school leaving age, but also look at whether uh, this depended on whether people got qualifications as a result of uh, the increase or whether it was just the actual extra year of education. So within this reform, which happened with the move from 15 to 16, I understand that it was possible for some older kids to leave earlier where they were therefore missing out on the nationally recognised exams. Do you see an impact there? Yeah, that's right. So There's also uh, another kind of institutional rule that we can use to try and uh, get some clean identification of of the effect of qualifications. So as with the choice of number of years of education, people who get qualifications are sometimes different in unobservable ways from the people that don't. So what we need to do is try and compare like with like, essentially, uh, and look for something that causes some people to get qualifications and not others that's not related to these other unobserved characteristics. So another institutional leaving rule that was in place uh, at the time allowed individuals who were born between September and the end of January, if they wanted to leave at the minimum age, they could leave uh, at Easter. Whereas if uh, you were a younger person born in the year between February and the end of August, 
and you wanted to leave at the minimum age, you had to remain in school uh, until the end of the summer term. And that summer term is when the exams were taken. And so these people, uh, we find, are more likely to stay and take the exams and gain some qualifications than others who also want to leave at the minimum age, but because of their birth date within the year, they're allowed to leave a bit earlier and leave at Easter. So what this allows us to do is to compare children who are in the same year uh, and both wanting to leave at the minimum age, uh, but just because of uh, some being born uh, earlier in the year, they are allowed to leave at Easter, whereas the others, they're compelled to stay longer. And it's that compulsion to stay longer that results in them being more likely to gain qualifications. And then we can have a look at what the effect of those qualifications is. And once again, this this one up for qualifications, do we, do we see a positive effect? We do see a positive effect of qualifications, but it's mainly working through uh, increasing the chances of being uh, engaged in the labour market uh, later in life and also uh, increases the chances of being in employment. The wage effects aren't really identified for these people. There doesn't seem to be much of an effect uh, of the qualifications for these people. But remember, we are talking here about... Um, a specific group who who wanted to leave at the minimum age and we're looking here at the effect of qualifications uh, just for this group who, who were compelled to get the qualifications just because they they ha- happened to have to stay in school a little bit longer because of when they were born. We had the reform in the late 40s moving the compulsory age from 14 to 15 then the 70s from 15 to 16 and we're now talking about in the early part of the 21st century moving the this compulsory age up again perhaps one more year perhaps even two more years what, what does your research evidence suggest that we can learn about the likely impact of these possible reforms? That's right. The plan at the moment is to raise the education leaving age up to 17 in 2013 and then up to 18 uh, in 2015. Uh, and looking at the kind of evidence that we've looked at and, and also uh, other papers uh, such as Devon Hart's paper, the evidence seems to suggest that raising of the school leaving age uh, in and of itself uh, may not have uh, huge impacts on wages uh, and employment outcomes unless it's in combination with uh, uh, some credential effect. And so raising to 18 uh, may have a a sizable impact because 18 is an age at which uh, nationally recognised exams are taken. So A-levels will typically be taken, for example, at 18. However, um, 17 being a kind of in-between year, if people are compelled to stay for an extra year from 16 to 17 and this doesn't coincide with them taking any uh, qualifications that recognise that extra education that they've undertaken, there may not be effects on uh, wages uh, and employment outcomes. Matt Dixon, thank you very much. Thank you.